Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, Good evening, folks. It is the Rocky Boyman Show here on 700 WLW. It's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. Much to talk about here uh, tonight and the rest of this week, obviously, with the inauguration. Uh, it's going to happen on Friday, God willing. Uh, we'll get into that later. But I want to start the show off with uh, something that's uh, getting a lot of attention here, I, I guess, both nationally and uh, locally. So, great weekend of... NFL football games. I mean, if you're a football fan, this weekend was absolutely fantastic. Just some great contests, great individual efforts. But, of course, uh, what a lot of people are talking about on Monday after these games isn't exactly the play on the field. It's some sort of controversial thing. And the big controversy folks are talking about is uh, Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh uh, Steelers wide receiver, uh, after the game, uh, he did one of these Facebook Live things where he was inside the locker room and kind of out of out of the field of vision of the head coach Mike Tomlin. While Mike Tomlin was was addressing the team, right? This is an intimate setting. No, Mike Tomlin did not know he was being recorded, but uh, through the uh, wonders of, of of modern technology, we were able to be hear exactly what Mike Tomlin was saying. And what he said was it is really rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. Here's the soundbite. When you so if you couldn't hear through some of the, you know, again, this was Facebook Live audio, so it wasn't uh, professionally recorded. Uh, essentially what Tomlin said was, hey, you know, we got the Patriots coming up and those a-holes uh, they had an extra day and a half to prepare since they played on a Saturday afternoon. But no matter, we're going to go get them. And basically launched in a lot of, you know, use some A-holes a, a this, A-words that, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So ever, from that, everyone is losing their minds saying, oh, here it is again. Here's another example of the Pittsburgh Steelers being a classless organization. Here's Mr. Classless Mike Tomlin going on and, and saying uh, charged uh, things uh, against another team, and they're going to go get them, and they're F-bomb this and F-bomb that. So everyone's kind of freaking out about this. Now, but before I get into my, my, my comments on this, I, I got to say, you know, this is we live in a world now, especially through technology, that's all about inside access right we all want everyone wants inside access and we can really get it now because of the technology and also the networks place a high priority on this right to give us that take us where the viewer take us where the listener cannot go i mean i, I work for espn and that's that's our number one motto you know get us inside the locker room get us this get us that so that that's what the fans yearn for now the the former player in me hates it 
Okay, I mean, it was the combine. It used to be the the combine. You never really knew what went on at that. You kind of heard, and there was a little bit of folklore and legend about it. But now there's cameras. We see every instance of what happens at the combine. We see all the you know the measuring of the guys they do and all the critical analysis and things like that. We now through this added access, this inside access, we see pregame speeches of coach. I mean, it's right before the team goes out. There's something to me about about a you know as a former player that goes that's not meant for you all out there. That's meant for the the team in here. Okay, but nevertheless, you know we're we're getting it and everyone is is, is loving it for the most part. We're getting an inside view of training camp, and now of course we're getting the inside view of the locker room. Especially, we're going to be seeing more and more of it with this Facebook Live sort of situation. Now, again, I always thought there was something kind of mysterious and something mystical about you know what went on behind closed doors right of this you know uber male um, vulgar barbaric entity called football right there's always something kind of you didn't really know you think you knew but you didn't really know and I think it kind of generated interest you know you always kind of wanted to find the one guy or the the one former player that you might know that hey man what's it like when when you're inside the locker room when he would tell you about it and you kind of felt like you had some inside information. You felt like you had something that not a lot of people out there had. Well, now everyone sees what it's like on the inside of a locker room, right? So nevertheless, whether, you know, that's my feel. A lot of people love it, right? Everyone wants the curtain pulled back, and what happens? We People want to complain, right? People want to complain. They finally get to see what Mike Tomlin is like addressing his team after a big-time win in the playoffs before they face the, the Goliath of all Goliaths, and that's the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and what, what are his thoughts? Is he trying to motivate his team? He's trying to get them ready for this seemingly insurmountable game they're getting to play. So he calls them a-holes, goes after them, calls them this, calls them that, and everyone has a problem with it. I, I don't understand. We want the inside access. We want to know what the coaches are thinking. We want to know what, what's happening at all times with these teams and then when we get it, everyone wants to complain about it. We, we want real. We, we, we want that, that, that real essence of what it's like. Then we get it, there's something wrong. Do you all remember a couple years ago, Richard Sherman, right? He, he made national headlines when after, uh, I believe it was the, was the a- NFC Championship game against the 49ers, um, he you know uh, uh, batted down a pass intended for Michael Crabtree, and apparently Michael Crabtree had been talking crap on him the whole week. And there was an interview after the game. Remember these comments. Here's what. Here's Richard Sherman a couple years ago. Much. Richard, let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're on the center for you real quick. So there you go. Remember that comment? And... and I remember, I remember like it was yesterday when it happened. Everyone was like, oh, my God. Did you hear what he said? He said he was the best. And don't you ever crop talk. I mean, people were absolutely outraged that they got the inside viewpoint. Like, you got inside the head of a, of a maniac cornerback, a guy who's probably the best in the world at his profession. And, and so, you, so in other words, everyone, you got that inside access, right? Everyone wants the inside access. What these play, you know, everyone hates when the players or the coaches, 
give those drab, boring answers, right? Oh, we're gonna play. We gotta play 110 percent, and we can't turn the ball over, and we, we gotta run the ball with effectiveness, and we, we gotta play great defense, right? You get that all the time, right, from these coaches and these players. And I don't know about you, but but I have to imagine you hate it as much as I do. Right? It's like, oh God, another soundbite from a coach who's going to say stuff that's not going to rub any feathers, this and that. But then we, we got Richard Sherman, who came out and said it. Stream of consciousness, here's what I think. And everyone had a problem with it. Everyone was freaking out, losing their minds. One of the inside access, wanted to know what he was thinking. Now you got it. Now everyone is, is, is losing their mind over it. Now, I remember at the time, I was neither for nor against it. I mean, part of me was like... Yeah. I had to kind of play the whole, you know, the you know, as a former player kind of aspect, but then also now kind of, you know, as, as a civilian, what I thought. But I never, I was kind of like, I didn't think it was good or bad, but I was like, this is profound in the sense of we're really kind of pulling the curtain back here a little bit. So I think it's just kind of odd that this phenomenon goes on. We want inside access. We want to hear what these players and coaches are thinking. But then when we get it, we, we all want to complain about it. It's like we want to hear what's behind the scenes, but it better be buttoned up and it better be politically correct. And if not, then we're going to complain about it. 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800-BIG-ONE if you have any thoughts on that. And I think some of this, uh, a lot of the outrage here locally, has to do with the fact that there, there's a tremendous amount of self-loathing Bengals fans out there that – Probably don't want to admit it, but at the end of the day, boy, they would love if kind of the mindset and the attitude and maybe that that edge of maybe playing a little bit dirty and out-physicaling the other team. I, I think a lot of Bengals fans, they hate the Steelers because they ultimately would love if that's what you thought of when you thought of the Bengals every time. Every, every you know, I, the, the, Peter, me, the Steelers have had years where they haven't been really, really good, but there's, there's not a lot of times where, you know, they get out-physicaled and they're, they're just kind of getting shoved around out there, and they're kind of getting soft, and they're kind of getting taking punches from the other team. That never really happens. And as much as you may hate it because it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, you wish that that was kind of the same aspect of what you thought about when it was with the Bengals. So now we have – I just wonder if people would have locally would have that same problem if they heard Marvin Lewis giving a, a post-game speech like that. Now, I would imagine Marvin Lewis has said something to that effect, if not even more outrageous. He better have. He better have said something like that along the lines of the last, whatever, 13, 14, some odd years. Because that's what guys are passionate about, right? That's what guys want. That's what they want to hear from their coach. Screw those other guys over there. We're going to take our team. We're going to go up. We're going to punch them in the mouth. And we're going to take what's ours. That's what a, a team wants to hear. That's what the, the players want to hear from their leader. That's why those guys are all fired up for Mike Tomlin. In that locker room, but then again, in in the you know out, out in, in civilian world and people around town, they they think, oh, here it is, the Steelers. They're they're so dirty, another another classless act by Mike Tom. I'm not saying the Steelers have all the, the class in the world. Of course, they have the the cheap shots on the Kevin Huber and you know what, what's the one on on the linebacker Heinz Ward where he broke his jaw. He had that. He also had the. Um, uh, what, Mike Munchak, the coach, pulling Burfix's uh, hair or whatever it was last year. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying they're they're, they're totally buttoned up, but they're, they're not. Which you know, maybe is that sort of edge is helping them, and maybe as, as Bengals fans, we we kind of wish we had a little bit of that. But I, I don't buy this whole thing that this is a, a a classless act by 
by a coach. 513-749-7000, pound 718-T-100. Now, to me, the real topic in, in all this, if, if we're, I'm trying to take this to a, another layer, another, another level, now, follow me here. Is anyone listening? Follow me here on this one. Is should we be held accountable for what we say behind closed doors? Okay? So, you know, what we say in a locker room, right? My, my Tomlin didn't know that those, that that Facebook Live thing was turned on on uh, Antonio Brown's phone. He didn't know that at all. He, he thought this was an intimate setting with just him and his team, no one from the outside, no TV cameras, no nothing. And I'm addressing my team and I'm telling you guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What I think, and I'm telling you guys what we need to hear to go get this thing done, this tall task we got next week, which is beating the New England Patriots. So... So because he didn't know it, that that was being recorded, but everyone wants to chastise what he said while he what, 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 uh, for what he said. Right? Thirty-six here. You know, how one. many of us out so there? We all want the curtain say things uh, amongst our, our family at our dinner table, out there. We or in the confines of our own house, every little or thing, at a bar amongst uh, you know goes on our, our, our friends. What's a, what's that, a you know wouldn't necessarily love. Like? Right after if it was big time out there in, in a team full public view. A, now, a, the Fourth Amendment, a very, very tough okay, team actually protects us, right? The Fourth Amendment on, is, on a, right, short rest. Uh, is the right to What's be secure like? in our homes and well, persons against unreasonable searches to us and seizures. football fans. Now, this, of course, is and much we don't more like we don't like harder because to enforce he called uh, Bill Belichick and the a-holes. Are you technological world we live in now, right? The founding fathers, James Madison, advocating for doing something. Okay, back illegal, in 1789 when he was writing the, 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 the document outside the, the lines of so the game. It's a hard thing to enforce. Uh, you know, but, but and, I feel like we're, we're, even we're entering personal. a world now where we're going to see more and more of this. And a lot of times we Tom want, Brady we want the, the, I don't know, the inside access. We want the raw like, video, the raw audio, the coach, but the There's going to be a lot of uncomfortable times coming for all this. But come on. The question is, this is nothing. Should we be held accountable? For these things, they're supposed to be said in, in, in my opinion. Be, remember um, Donald Sterling, okay? Uh, a couple years ago, know, wishful thinking, uh, awful uh, guys that, that, that said they could be racist know, things. He the Bengals are more not, like the Steelers. I think they're um, using that worthy of as, as a reason to get all freaked okay? out about it with, with what he said and, pro- and a lot of his actions in his past. But at the same time, man, part of me on the big one, fire away, please. 
that was hey, Rocky, saying doing, something that was brother? supposed to be in the privacy hey, uh, of, of him and his whacked out girlfriend that was now all of a sudden being made public. And for everyone out there who totally criticized Donald Sterling and what he said, go back to some point in your life. I'm sure there was something, maybe one thing, unless you're Jesus Christ himself. sure there's probably one thing, if not a hundred things, that you said it within the confines of your best friend or your wife or your husband or something that you you know, you know what? Just, you didn't. You, you wish it passion. wasn't probably you don't out see that there passion, uh, the way it on our was. Sidelines, you know? Well, it's kind of Jeff, what, let, let me let me let me ask you. I mean, uh, we're, we're know, gonna we're gonna more and more Lewis of this stuff is gonna be coming out. And I just wonder right? how it's gonna be very boring. Tell me how much how fired up you would be. If you got up, you know, at heard, you know, got that inside access that we all want, we're going to pull back the curtain, but then Lewis see the same boring ass stuff speech that we see all the time. You know, f this I mean, and f that. Anymore, there's going to be no such thing. Wouldn't you be fired up as a Bengals fan? There really is. Those things are becoming more important. A thing of the past. But as they are, should we be held accountable for those kind of things? That's topic number two. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand pounds seven hundred eighteen. Hit him in the mouth. One eight hundred big. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Dayton. And yeah, talk to Rob. Rob, you're on the big one, buddy. Fire away, please. Either, man. It's, everybody's sitting just, there with their blankets I, I, on, eating popcorn. I understand popcorn. what you're talking about you just, with the you know, whole thing you know, is, uh, if the defense the is out back. on the field, the stand up. Give, you know, get you behind your team a little bit. That and you just don't weekend. get that. And that's what kills me about being a Bengals fan. Like I said, it kills me to say that we're envious of the Rob, I would bet my house and my car and everything in it that those coaches No, Jeff, I think there's certainly something that's not even more on Jeff. Thanks very much for the appreciate Let's take another landish. Let's go to Cincinnati. I would bet What's your topic going? Go ahead, please. Hey, Brock, just like you last call, you know the problem of it is. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, don't like Pittsburgh, but having said that, according to who? According to you, but not according to maybe someone else or a lot of other people around the country. Tim, Tim, it better. I mean, that kind of stuff. Did Mike Tomlin not, like, let's go out there and be dirty and let's be illegal? But he was caught on video saying, you know what, we're going to go out there and I'm going to pay to fire your guys up to play at a certain level. It better be going on in high school and college. And, you reward and, and the next guy who comes up, or else and, and you ain't got a team on, very on a cart. There. You get to get carted off the field. The I'm going to pay you two thousand dollars. Something like that, where he would like actually actively going after players. That'd be one thing. But the call guys, one hundred percent. We're not talking about the same. We're talking about Mike Tomlin. I said it's kind of like a last year passion speech. Those guys had a day and a half, man. They think as a guy who played for Mike Tomlin, like I can tell you, that we're not going to. That he's a guy days and that likes to use the concept of psychological huge, warfare. He wants to get in there and, Rob, and make right it beat yourself every other coach of, you know, that won a game you, on Saturday or Sunday. And every other coach that wins games on every other Sunday too, during Tim, the year. And thanks very much for the call. At some point during that Says so the Bengals fan. Isn't that the kind of fun fans the rivalries and, and, the, and, the, and the hatred? Isn't that what kind of makes us want to watch? I think secretly Bengals fans wished. There's this a sort of between rivalry talk was coming and getting out of, fired up out of, out of being, and, and having I, I, just, I don't have, doing. I don't understand the, I just, the, I just the, think the, calling the it a hole for what when he your said. team acts the way it does. And, it was, and again, we, and we, we want, we want to hear what these coaches say. And we want to, but, but if it ain't exactly what we want to hear, and it's not the same bummed-up garbage that we get at a press conference. How boring. Is anybody out there listening to coaches' press conferences? Honestly, honestly, tell me. 
I, I don't. Guess, uh, I hardly listen to about sound from a lot of players of because wife. it's the same crap, oh, right? Home, yeah. That's all, you know, right. we just got to stick so to the same thing. Then we got to be really good on situations. You know, we just got to play 110% and get out there and really gang tackle. I mean, just right, the same crap over and over and over. Rob, because it doesn't really now. Mike Tomlin for for you know saying the Frank, comments that you would love to hear Marvin Lewis said. That is, 
Rocky, you were a football player. You know that that is nothing, nothing. compared to what they what they will say in the locker room. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where God, it's like everything's getting pansyfied. You know what I mean? Pansyfied. I mean, yes. You can't. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't hit them here. I mean, I'm all about not hurting somebody, like wrecking their career. And that's what some guys seem to be doing at times, mm-hmm. you know, like when they're they're coming, like the one where he's coming in with his elbow right. and goes right to his head with his helmet too. You know, that's what they're trying to protect people against. And, yeah, they should be fine for stuff like that. But, God, we got them on our team, you know. I mean, how many times has Burfecht been, you know, fine for stuff like that? I mean, there's guys that you just can't control, you know, like, Hell, we can't even control Pac-Man, you know, when he's out in public. Well, you're certainly so, right, Joe. You know, I mean, we've got our own our own problems here in, here in Cincinnati when it comes to that. And, Joe, we got to run, buddy, but thanks for the thanks, call. Man. Yeah, absolutely. To, to me, the to me the, the real issue in this, uh, I, I, again, I, I hope people would see, too, would be with Antonio Brown. We, we now live in, in a culture where, I mean, let's, let's think about what he did. Again, intimate. Very intimate setting right there. Mike Tomlin is, is thinking, right? He kicked all the media out, which you know, every coach does when they're going to talk to your team one-on-one in an intimate setting like that. Kicked the media out. He thought it was just him and the players. And I'm trying to understand why a player who, in that moment, a big-time win on the road. I mean, think about the Steelers' season. At one point, they lost, what, four games in a row. Everyone counted them out by like, you know, beginning of October, and here they are winning a winning a playoff game and they're going to go to the and they're going to go to the AFC Championship game. A, a, a time when the player a, a, every player should be looking around the room and hugging everyone in it and enjoying that moment. And hey, look what we did. Look what all of just us in this room were able to accomplish and no one said we could do it. Should be enjoying that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. A moment, and here's a guy in Antonio Brown who, instead of that, is caring more about his his brand. Or, hey, you know, and, and if you watch the video... I'm sure Lance has it on his blog. I watched a video. He's doing, it's really odd. He's like doing this like weird, like kind of talking to the camera, like like doing like a, like he's talking on the phone and doing this kind of like kissing in the camera. It's, it's, it's the most oddball thing I've ever seen. I mean, I, Antonio Brown dropped down a little bit in my book watching that. J- just to, just to how he was going about it. And call me old school. Call me uh, you know you know get off my lawn kind of old fuddy duddy here. But but should in that moment should you not be celebrating with your teammates? Should you not be 
you know, like enjoying that victory with the guys that have, you know, fought and sweated and, and gotten beat up and are now victorious. Instead, you're kind of, you know, you want to connect with the, the billions of people out there who don't really know you and don't really care about you. They want to, I don't know, there's like this whole brand. I hate that word. It's one of those words I wish would go away in 2017. My brand. Oh, Nike is a brand, okay? You're not a brand. And maybe Antonio Brown is a brand, okay? I get it. But that's not the time for him to be promoting that. That's the time for him to be enjoying that win with his teammates. Instead, he's selfishly thinking about all his followers, number one. And secondly, throwing his coach under the bus. Now Mike Tomlin's got to deal with this when, in, in essence, to me, it was nothing. What he said was an absolute nothing statement. It's something that if I was a player, I wish my coach would say to me. I think as Bengals fans, we wish and we hope that at some point Marvin Lewis has addressed his team like that because that's what players want to hear. Right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough sport and it's, it's, it's a physical, violent kind of thing. You got you, you to gotta get guys juiced up a little bit. Tom was pretty good at it. I've seen it firsthand. And I, would, I think Marvin Lewis is good at that at some point. I just wonder if, if the same video had come out about Marvin, would we be so critical? But I think just because it's the Steelers and we're so envious slash hateful of the Steelers that everyone in town here is going to just get all bent up in arms about this. 513-749-7000, pound 700, AT&T, 1-800-BIG. We'll, uh, we'll go to a break. We'll come back with more. 700-WLW. Rocky Boyman tonight, 700-WLW. We went long with Willie Anderson there because Willie was awesome. If you missed that, it'll be on my blog, 700WLW.com. But I'm going to take your calls on Marvin Lewis about the rumors that he could retire and all of that coming up. So stay tuned. Call in 513-749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE, or tweet me at James Erpine. Your call is next, 700-WLW. Hour number two of the Rocky Boyman Show starts right now here on 700 WLW. So, outside of the whole Steelers post-game locker room alleged made-up controversy, it was actually a great weekend of NFL games. I think setting up for a a really, really fun and exciting uh, championship weekend. Joining us right now on the show to discuss this is the one and only Richard Skinner. Richard, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Rock. How are you? Very good. I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, Antonio Brown's video that has everyone fired up here in a minute. But uh, let's, let's first talk uh, the, the the games themselves and, and what took place on the field. Was there any result of any of the games played uh, last uh, this past weekend that, that surprised you, or did it kind of work out the way you thought? I, I thought Seattle would play better defensively. And, and, and granted, this is, I guess, a shame on me, and maybe it comes with, with the fact that, that I'm covering a team every Sunday, so I don't get a chance to see certain teams a lot. You know, Atlanta really wasn't on national TV or uh, not national, but on prime time a lot this year because nobody expected right. this. So I really didn't get a chance to see them play enough. I saw their score results. Um, I know what they did. Saw enough highlights. Knew what a great year Matt Ryan had. But it's still surprising. I really thought that, that Seattle would play a little better. And maybe it wasn't more Seattle. Maybe it was more Atlanta. But no, I mean, obviously, you know, New England was a 15 and a half point favorite, actually covered. In fact, I read a story tonight, not that this means anything when it comes to the game results themselves, but apparently Las Vegas just took an absolute beat down this past week because of all the results. Um, no, I thought Pittsburgh was a better team. It doesn't surprise me they went to Kansas City and won. Um, 
I, I think on paper, Dallas is probably, if you play that game ten times in Dallas, they win it six or seven. Mm-hmm. But the way you know Green Bay have been playing, um, the fact that these are a lot of younger guys, and you've been through that. I mean, when you've got some of the younger guys that haven't been through playoffs or had playoff success, sometimes it doesn't quite translate when the other guys have. And I think Green Bay figured out a way to win the game because they have those veterans that have been through all of this stuff before. So, no. No, I mean, the only one that surprised me, like I said, was the spread in the, in the Atlanta game. But, no, not really. No, I, I agree with you. Now, to, to me, obviously, the best game was the Green Bay Dallas game. I, I think you know, t- take the quarterbacks out. I, I think those those two teams are very evenly matched. If not, Dallas is is, a, is an even better team. But my God, I, I mean, you got a f- future Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers making a throw like that. Did you hear the the story, Skinny, about what the the play was? Does, you know, the play he called in the huddle. Uh, for no, that, the one, the, the, no, the one he completed a cook on the sideline? Yeah, he just told him to get open, right? We live in a, in a day and age where everyone loves these complex <laughs> offensive schemes. Just, and yeah, he told him to say, just go, just go get open. It's like, it's like, I'm like, you know, when I said to my guys on the playground when I was in like fourth grade, everybody just get open. That's great. Yeah, but, but usually, but usually get open was you're the quarterback and when they don't get open, you just take off and run and nobody tackles you because it's great school, it's great school football, right? I mean, that was a get open play. Yeah, absolutely. Skinny, talk about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, when you watch him play and you've seen a lot of quarterbacks, uh, over the years, and there's certainly some good ones still playing now, Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. I mean, what, what, what separates Aaron Rodgers or what, what makes him so good from your perspective? I think he's a totally, I mean, his confidence level is just absurd. And, and that sounds silly because they're all confident and they're all cocky to an extreme. He almost takes it to another level when, when things are bad. Um, he basically just goes into that chill mode of, we're fine. I'm going to make this work. I'll make it work for all of us. <laughs> and, you know, he's gone through some issues with offensive line this year. And there was a period of time where their defense was just getting tough. I mean, there was a period of time, you know, um, really the Indy, Tennessee, Washington games into that stretch, they were getting torched defensively. They gave up almost 450 yards a game on average, or roughly 450 yards a game, and lost all three. They were just getting killed, and all of a sudden they just say they won a game, and, and you hear that sometimes in the league. You're, let's just win a game. Well, a game turned into six to end the regular season. It's turned into two really good wins here in the, in the postseason, one at home, which they blew out the Giants, and the one on, uh, you won yesterday against Dallas. And I think the one thing that does separate him, though, is uh, he extends plays better than any yes. quarterback without without doing it in a flustered manner where you've seen scrambling quarterbacks before. They, they go back and they look at this read and that read, and they go, I'm gone. He is, I look at this read, that read, and I'm going to dance for a while. And I'm going to dance over here for a while. And I'm going to wait, wait till a guy works his way open. And I'm going to dance here. And occasionally it leads to a bad sack. I mean, you remember that Giants game? He took some bad sacks. You're right. He, he takes some bad sacks. sacks. And he takes some yeah. hits, too, where he risks injury. And we've seen that before with the, the calf and the shoulder and all that. But you're right. He, he In terms of extending the play and just giving those receivers, I mean, it would be hell playing defense against the guy because you've got to no cover these guys for four or five seconds. No doubt, and, and, and if you're going to say that I'm going to, he's going to take a bad sack or two that's going to take you from a field goal to a punt or um, take you out of a range, and yet he's going <clears> to <throat> make a couple of plays where it's going to extend a drive or, or turn it into a touchdown, I think I'm going to take the risk-reward there. That, that's the one thing to me. He just is absurdly good at doing that. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit of uh, Steelers v. Um, Chiefs here a little bit. <laughs> Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell was, of course, of course, a story. I believe in two playoff games, he has something absurd, like 156 um, average uh, yards uh, per uh, rushing in, in those games. Uh, I mean, wh- what do you think about the Steelers rushing? To, it seemed like early in that game, Skinny, like Todd Haley came out and he kept throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? You got this guy who's hot as all get out, 
you know, named Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, but it seemed like as that game went on, they settled in and, and kept feeding him the rock there. Well, if you remember, the Miami game was kind of similar. Now, the Miami game, they obviously had success throwing the ball early. They had Antonio Brown for that little screen that went, well, not a screen, but a little short pass, went for a touchdown, hit him for another touchdown, and then kind of went into, okay, we're going in deep freeze mode, and we're going to just let him run the ball and, and run some clock. And in this game, you're right. And once it settled into to him running the football, I mean, the other part is he's carried 59 times in two playoff games, and I'm doing this part off the top of my head. I think he's got four or five catches. So he's got 60-some-odd touches in two playoff games, that's a lot of pounding lot. And touches. Yeah. But he keeps coming, and he keeps coming. And um, his running style is almost so ridiculously silly because of his patience, but it's it's so effective. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's averaging, yeah, he's uh, what, 167 and 170 in two playoff games, so 168 and a half in, in two games. Um, you know, you're not talking about chop liver playing Cleveland and uh, <laughs> pick another bad team midseason. You're talking about playoff teams. I mean, my, my, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, Miami's defense is, is, is really, really good, and Kansas City's defense is really, really good, and yet he has really carried the load, and that's where – I think they become a scary matchup for New England just because you know Ben is still going to get his when he needs to, and this guy's helping control the game and control the clock and control the pace. And the one thing that's been really underrated for them, Rocky, is, is since they were four and five and they haven't lost since that that crazy shootout against Dallas, if you recall, mm-hmm. their defense has just been great. They went through a stretch too where their defense wasn't very good, but since that point in time, they've given up over twenty points just two times. Prior to that, they gave up over 20 points five times. And guess what they did in all five of those games? They lost them all. So their defense has turned it around to go with just enough offense, and it's still a potent enough offense. I, I think that New England game is going to just be off the charts really good. No, I, 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 Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. You're, the, the defense especially, that they're getting after the quarterback. You know, they've kind of – you know, took um, James Harrison, took, you know, kind of took him out of mothballs here at the right time, and he's right. somehow producing. Bud Dupree seemed to have found his own. Shazier has interceptions in the last four games. They're turning the ball over. It's just going to be interesting, Skinny, is versus New England. I, I thought one thing Houston did well was, if you noticed there, I'm sure you did, they they moved, you know, what's his name, uh, Whitney Merciless inside, yep. right? And he was kind of causing havoc versus the centers and the guards are typically not, you know, your better blocking uh, people out there. I, I don't know how the Steelers could could mimic that if they have that style of rusher. I don't expect to see James Harrison working against the center, but that, that was pretty effective getting those more athletic guys working on the interior there. Well, and, and, and their pass rush is obviously much different. I mean, I'll just use the Bengals as an example. The Bengals are such a four-man rush team, and that's what they try to do. Like, there's an occasional blitz, but, you know, you look at the numbers, and their linebackers just don't sack people a lot. The Steelers get it from a lot of places, but you're right. Of, of late, they, they had gone through a big linebacker rotation where they were trying to figure out different combinations, and the one thing that they've kind of settled on is James Harrison on one outside, Bud Dupree on another outside, and both those guys have played well, and you've, you've got Shazier on top of it. I, I think the one thing they can do is they can bring those linebackers from different places. I think they've gotten a little more clever with that, and I'm sure they're going to look. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get that tape and see what they did with Whitney Merciless and go, all right, 
Can we move you to a twist into here with a with, with a with an end coming outside there? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they look at all. They're going to look at all that stuff because I mean, I'll tell you that Tom Brady was not great in that game, and part of the reason was he got some pressure. Right? And and um, you know it, it shows that if you get pressure on a quarterback, he can be very human a lot of times, and even sometimes subhuman. Because as you know, as great as Tom Brady was, that that game the other night was not a a, a, a great game for him. The scary part is is if you look at his numbers against Pittsburgh at home in the playoffs, they were absurdly good. Well, they haven't, they haven't lost it. Yeah, I haven't lost in like what fourteen games or something. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Silly. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. It's funny. So you talk about what Houston did, and you're right. I mean, the scheme was brilliant, and it worked, and it rattled Brady. He wasn't effective, and they don't run the ball great, and they still won a playoff game by 18 points. <laughs> Think about that. Well, what they did, Skinny, was they they went at halftime, and oh my God, shocking! They figured some things out. They said, "Hey, let's figure out how we can get the ball to Julian Edelman." They did, yep. and you know, I just thought it was so. So classic, you know, something, of, of course, we, we feel here in town with the Bengals and everyone, okay, we, the Bengals can't make halftime adjustments. The uh, P- Patriots, you know, for whatever whatever you want to say about them, they were able to, and the, the second half was much different than the, than the first half. They figured Very some much. things out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard Skinner joining us here from Local 12. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Local 12 Skinny. Um, Skinny, let me give me your your thoughts here before I let you go. On um, I've been talking the first hour of the show about the Antonio Brown video where he captured Mike Tomlin saying some things and calling the Patriots and Bill Belichick a-holes and this and that. From my perspective, uh, first of all, I thought it was it was dumb from on Antonio Brown's part, but that, that's that's beside the point. But my, my perspective was... You know, we want inside access. We want to hear what these coaches are saying and what's the locker room like and this and that. But then when we finally get a coach making kind of some very candid comments that were made in a very intimate setting, when we finally hear those things, we don't like it. We, we hate it. We wish it was he was a little more buttoned up. Well, what's your, your thoughts when you heard that video here this morning? Uh, if people brought a brought a video camera into my locker room at halftime of a basketball game, I coach. They they it would be and after games sometimes it would not be yes, it would not be the best. And I'm, I, yeah, and hopefully my kids don't hear this, and I'm gonna have to start looking around to see if they get their phones out. No, I I have no problem with what Mike Tomlin said. Zero. I have a lot of problems with what Antonio Brown did. That's just dumb. Yeah, I, I mean, think, think if you're, so if you're yeah many. yeah you've been you know you've played on a bunch of teams before, skinny. Like uh, in that moment, you would think. Antonio Brown would want to enjoy his teammates, and it's a team that, you know, in October everyone counted out. They lost four straight. No one thought they could do it. Now they're going to play in a huge game. You would want to celebrate that with your teammates. Here's Antonio Brown, like, you know, looking pretty and, like, trying to worry about his brand and stuff. What's with that? The goofy part is if you see him pan, how many other guys had their cell There's a few other guys that had cell phones out, either just texting or, or whatever else they were doing. I thought – if I'm like Tom and I saw that, I'd come smack that phone out of your hand. Oh I'd my God. grab it, throw it against the wall, and it would smash, and then you'd have to go buy a new one, or I'd buy a new one for you. No, I, I have no, no problem with my, what Mike Tomlin said. Look, you're trying to get your guys juiced. You're excited. Uh, not one thing he said I would be mad at. I'm sure for Bill Belichick, he's going to use it. But he, he, trust me, he has said just as bad. Oh, my God, that yeah. Of his, but, yeah, I mean, he has, everybody has. I have not one ounce of problem with Mike Tomlin in this. I have a lot of problem with Antonio Brown. If I'm Mike Tomlin, you're talking to him. I mean, there's no, there's no fixing this. There's no putting the genie back in the bottle. But you just, I, honestly, at this stage of the game, I would say if you get your phone out in the locker room in a post game again and I find out and we see it, I'll find you the maximum amount I can Bingo. find you. And honest to God, I'll run you till you puke times 50 and have a good day. I mean, I, I, I can't think of another way to fix it other than hit them in the pocketbook and, and make somebody run to the point where they hate you and hate life. 
I can't think of another thing to do, but I would tell you this. There, there's no way that should have ever happened. I, no, Mike Tomlin, no problem. I, I mean, honestly, I think if, if I was in that locker room and my coach said that stuff, I'd run through the brick wall and be ready to go to the next practice and say, yeah, let's kick, their, let's kick those blank, blank guys. You know what? I, I'm with that. I have no problem with Mike Tomlin. I have a lot of problems with yeah, him. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And, and I think, you know, obviously a lot of it here locally has to do with you know, we hate the Steelers, but I think there's a lot of, a little bit of, um, you know, self-loathing, even jealousy, where we wish we, you know, so I guess we wish we'd hear, you know, I, 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 for one, would love to hear a video of Marvin Lewis saying those same things after hearing those, those boring Marvin Lewis press conferences week after week. I would love to hear that kind of thing. And I guarantee you, he has probably said that. Of course, he has. And, and likely so. I mean, but yeah. but you know, it's it's not his public persona. So, so like, Tom Tomlin's got a little bravado. But Tomlin's got a little swagger, a little bravado to him. He almost looks at you like you're gonna kick my ass. Good luck to you, because I'll kick anybody. <laughs> anybody in this room right now. He just, he, but he has that to him. And I'm good with that. I have no problem with that. Uh, um, but for Antonio Brown, that was just that, that was that wasn't even borderline silly. That was borderline dumb. It was dumb. And you're right, Skin. Mike Tomlin and every I I, I guarantee you. There's a conversation being had among every other team still left in the playoffs with, yeah. with their head coaches right now saying, look, let's not, let's not be idiots here and, and put our name in lights for the wrong reasons here. Let's keep the, 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 the locker room an intimate kind of setting here. Can we for once have something that's sacred and between just us? Does everything have to be out there on the media and out there where everyone has to see it? I guarantee that conversation is being had right now around the league. Yeah, and it's funny part. I, I bet you if Tomlin walks up to Bill Belichick and says, "You know, I meant what I said," and Belichick will probably tell him if I was in the same setting, I would do the same, same thing. thing. You're and they probably right. laugh it off and move on. You're absolutely right, Skinny. We appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, we'll talk soon here, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk more by the end of the week about these games coming up. Absolutely, anytime, Rock. Thanks, man. Thanks so much, uh, Richard Skinner. Uh, making sure you follow him on Twitter at local twelve Skinny. A, a, a couple of things, just as I was thinking, if you watch the games this weekend. Um, by now, by now the whole uh, boy and um, Le'Veon Bell's running style—it's so patient, it's so patient. Do you see how he? Just, no one else does it like this. He just waits and waits. I, I, I'm I'm so sick of hearing about it. Yes, it's awesome. Yes, it's different that he kind of doesn't have this whole "I'm on a train track, I'm just going to run right through you" kind of deal. He waits, and it, it, it's a different thing, and, and it, it's very very effective. But man, I'm so sick of hearing about this. Uh, you know, from every analyst out there. I mean, my, my wife is now coming. She's heard it because she didn't like watch it. She heard so many people talk about it. She's like, boy, you know, this guy, why, why does, isn't his running style really patient? I'm like, wait, come on. Don't, don't try to fool me here. All right. You heard, you heard somebody else say that. Nevertheless, I'm telling you, as, as sure as I'm sitting here, there's going to be uh, like a ton, a ton of high school running backs around the country, right? that are watching that game, especially the playoff game, and watching Le'Veon Bell, and they're going to try to adopt that same style to their game next year for their sophomore, junior, senior year in high school, whatever. And 99.9% of them are not going to be able to duplicate it, and 99.9% of the coaches out there are going to be pulling their hair out because they're going to watch this style that these running backs are trying to adopt that there's like – like a few people in the world, one of them is Le'Veon Bell can do, right? There's, there's, you know, don't watch Le'Veon Bell because he kind of does same way a quarterback. You shouldn't watch Aaron Rodgers because he kind of you know extends plays a little too long and he you know he rolls out and throws off his back foot and just kind of whips it like that. You, you don't you don't watch his mechanics because he, he's a freak of nature. 
It, it's he doesn't do things the, the according to Hoyle's way. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. That patient running style is fantastic, but if you're a high school running back out there, don't think that's, that you can do that. In my opinion, I think Jeremy Hill maybe tried to see that rushing style a little bit. You, know, you watch his first year, Jeremy Hill was hitting that hole, right? North-south, on a train track, boom, not hesitate, not pitter-pattern, boom, hitting it. I don't know and what happened. Was he watching Le'Veon Bell? I don't know, but it sure seemed like he kind of tried to do that style at times, especially two years ago in 2015, we saw that dance, kind of wait, wait, wait. What's well, not your running style, man? You, 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 you run a different kind of way. Let Le'Veon Bell run that way, and, and you run your way, and, and don't try to copy it because he, he's got a certain gift to be able to do that. The way he does it isn't necessarily better than, than other ways, than the more traditional way of, of running the football. It's just, it's, just, it's just different. Now, he's very effective at it, but it doesn't mean you can do it. When I was playing... Uh, I played with Keith Bullock, one of my best friends in the world, and he was just a natural freak of nature linebacker. And I remember there'd be times in the meeting room, well, especially my rookie year, where my coach would be like, what, what are you doing right here? Why would you drop back in, in, into this coverage here when you're supposed to be dropping here? And I'd say, well, well, that's how Keith does it. And he would slam his fist on the table and say, Welcome back Don't to the show. It's 1035 here on the Don't Big One. Don't try to sure mimic Keith because blog, Keith does everything wrong, but he ends up right. Okay? Okay? And that's not you. You're not gifted that way the way up, he, he does it. So don't try to be him. It's the same sort of thing right here. Watching a Trump I can just imagine high school coaches next year come like their spring or summer camp or whatever. All these running backs who run like four nines are going to be sitting there trying to pick videos exposing all these like Le'Veon Bell. disruption plots. We've got to take a break. Uh, we'll come back with more. We'll get my thoughts planning, uh, on John Lewis and the whole uh, John Lewis v. Trump war. You know, stink bombs. Right all kinds of vile stuff. Just basically telling people to go out there and and and, and burn, baby, burn. No, Don't really try to accomplish or, or bring about any sort of real change or real um, solutions to any problems. Just just burn. Just, just disrupt, burn, cause total chaos. Pretty eye-opening video. And again, it's on the blog. Make sure you check it out, 700WLW.com, search word Rocky Boyman. So I want to get into this since I've teased it like seven times. I figure I should talk about it. Um, that is uh, the big news of the day, and that is uh, Representative John Lewis, okay, civil rights icon, um, came out and, and said some things uh, about Trump and basically questioned his, questioned his legitimacy as a president. Here is John Lewis uh, on Sunday uh, with Chuck Todd. You plan on trying to forge a relationship with Donald Trump? You know, I believe in forgiveness. I believe in trying to work with people. Um, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to work be very with difficult. Uh, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. So so he's, he's dead wrong, 100% wrong on this. You could disagree with Trump's politics. You can disagree with maybe some of the things and the actions he's going to do. But to question the legitimacy, we, we got to get past this, okay? Trump is going to be president, and he's going to be president because in the system set up that we use called the Electoral College, it's been used, right, since every, for every president, uh, the system is set up, and if you win the Electoral College, you become president. And here's a guy who spent his life fighting for the rights of blacks to be able to vote down in Selma, Alabama, and whatnot, fighting for the rights to vote, basically now questioning questioning people's right to vote 
the fact when considering the fact that they voted for Trump. It makes no sense. He's- Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com. And live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Dead wrong, absolutely wrong on this situation. And, and here's, here, but here's what's kind of more amazing. You know, say you had a, uh, say you had a son, okay? You know, and son was in, in high school. And say, like, all through... Throughout elementary school and, and middle school and everything, kid had a perfect record. You know, never got in trouble, got good grades. Was never, you know, fighting kids in the hallways and never causing any mischief. You're just a model kid. Well, say that had been going on again through elementary school and middle school and 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 now you know for his freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. But then then one year in his senior one day, okay, senior year, comes home and he's getting bad grades and you get a letter saying he just. He got in a fight, totally bullied this kid, shoved him up against the locker, beat his face in for no reason. Now, he would be dead wrong in that instance. But would you say, oh, well, you know, he had this great record and he gave this great speech when he was young about, you know, um, you know, got, got this award and that award and this thing here for, for being the model citizen. So what he did and he, the, fact, the fact that he pounded this kid in the hallway his senior year, that doesn't matter. We won't, we won't look at that. Well, it's kind of the same thing. That's going on with John Lewis. I realize that he is a civil rights icon. I realize that you know he was beat by police in Selma 50 years ago for you know advocating for the rights for blacks to vote. I get it. I mean, an amazing guy who's done groundbreaking things for our country. No, no one's taking that away. It happened 50 years ago, but no one's taking away those sort of things. But the question is, does does the fact that he did this, no matter how courageous? No matter how fantastic it was, does it make him beyond reproach from everyone to say you're dead wrong when you say that Trump's presidency is illegitimate? You know, we don't have to, you don't have to like it, you have to go along with it. But but it, he he voted okay. I mean, people voted for him, and he is now going to become the president. Okay, so is, is he beyond reproach? Should because he was a civil rights icon, should we not be able to say, hey, look? You know, John, you're you're absolutely wrong on this situation right here. And, and to me, here's the big the big story in all this. I think that John Lewis is missing an incredible opportunity right here. Okay, it's Martin Luther King Day, right? Why is, in your opinion, why is Martin Luther King kind of like the the creme de la creme? Why is he like the 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 highest icon in the among all the civil rights people and all the people that fought for civil rights and uh, in, in our country's history? Why is he at the top, why is he above? You know, say some of the other, uh, you know, uh, Malcolm X's of the world and the Black Panthers, who also fought for rights for African Americans. Why, why is why is MLK above all that? Because he didn't get 
first of all, he did things for the most part very peacefully. Secondly, he didn't get involved. Things weren't partisan. He, he, he wanted to, he kind of put himself above all that. And he took a lot of criticism. There's a lot of blacks out there that were wanting him to kind of be more, hey, how come you're not, you're, you're advocating, how, don't judge you know, people by the, con, you know, by the content of their character, but by the color of their skin. How come you're not fighting just for us? Well, he kind of put himself above the fray, and he wanted, you know, more or less wanted racial harmony for everybody. You know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't partisan. There was a 1958 interview he had where he said, look, I don't think the Republican Party is a party full of the Almighty God, nor is the Democratic Party. They're both, they both have weaknesses. So that's why he's kind of at the top. And what I'm getting at is, is John Lewis has an incredible opportunity here to be the one guy in 2016 to take this, whether you like him or not, you know, I mean, total different president we have here named Donald Trump, right? Unlike any president that we've, we've ever had, at least within, certainly within memory, he has a real opportunity to, to find a way to work with this guy to actually bridge the gap and actually help race relations in this country. And I'm telling you right now, if he came out tomorrow and said, you know what, I disagree with what Trump has is, is said before and some of the things he's done, but I am willing to reach out the olive branch and I'm going to attend his inauguration because I want to be the guy, I want to be the one to help champion actual racial harmony in this country. And you know what would happen? It would be very unpopular at first. A lot of his base would be absolutely outraged. they say, how dare you, how dare you, Stand behind this guy named Trump, and you're actually going to go. Not only are you going to go to his inauguration, you're going to talk about how you want to work with him and how you want to, you know, help help him out, help his agenda. What are you talking about? It'd be an incredibly difficult thing for John Lewis to do, right? But if he fought through that, he could exalt himself to a an iconic status, in my opinion, amongst civil rights leaders, right? A, a guy that put himself above the fray. And didn't just get into, well, this is what's good for, for my party or good for, you know, my, my coalition of people, but actually what's good for helping America boot, move the ball forward. Is what John Lewis is doing right now by boycotting the election and now what 30, 30 other congressmen and lawmakers are now saying they're going to boycott the inauguration. Is that helping things in the country? I mean, ultimately, I know you got constituents you got to worry about. And constituents that got you in your into your office and your seat, and you gotta pay attention then. But but also, don't you have a responsibility as an elected official to want to help things in this country? And and and, and kind of there's a little bit of give and take there. I, I I mean, and here's a guy that and he totally used this whole deal as something to is that was totally partisan. The next day after Trump, you know, came out with his you know, barrage of tweets, which were, you know, Trump, if you didn't see Congressman John Lewis, this is Trump's tweet. Congressman John Lewis should spend more time on fixing and helping the district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, uh, not to mention crime infested rather than falsely complaining about the election results. All talk, no actions results, uh, no actions or results said. Now, Trump was was wrong in the tweet. We'll get to that in a second. But wouldn't it be a powerful thing for John Lewis to say, you know what? forget all that. I'm going to be the bigger man. Everyone wants Trump to be the bigger man here and, and be above all that and be presidential. How come we have a congressman who is, is not, not just, not just not agreeing with the fact that Trump's going to be president, but actively saying he's not, he's going to dishonor the inauguration, which is supposed to be a time when 
you know, it, it's a very, it's a ceremonious thing. It has to do with the passing of power of our country. It shouldn't be that political. Instead, John Lewis has turned this into a, the, the very next day, it was a title of an email that was shot out to, a, you know, all of his constituents and used as a fundraising tactic. Do you, here's what Trump said. Do you agree with this? And now here, here, donate some money to my cause. I, I think that, again, the, the reason why Martin Luther King is, we have a whole day that's honoring him is he didn't get, it, it wasn't just about his party. It wasn't like, I'm going to fight for the Democratic Party. It was, you know, I'm going to do some things that may be unpopular, but hopefully they will be with the ultimate goal of, of bettering race relations in the country. Instead, John Lewis has that same opportunity to be, at first, it would be very, very uncomfortable, and he'd take a lot of flack, but I think history would look back on him in an action like, Hey, I want to reach out to Trump and see if I can help help things out here in this country and help help you know mend race relations. I think history would look back on John Lewis and say, "Man, there's a guy that took had some actual guts." And it wasn't just about his party, and it wasn't just about the Black Caucus. It was about whites and blacks and everybody and trying to move the ball forward. What he's doing is disruptive. It's not moving the ball forward at all. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand. Pound 700, AT&T, 1-800, the big one, if you have any thoughts on that. Um, also, uh, here, let's, let's take a call. Let's, let's take one call on this before the break here. Let's go to uh, Indiana and talk to Roger. Roger, on the big one, fire away, please. How's it going, my friend? Good. Well, in all honesty, I was taking uh, a call here to you because I didn't agree with your comments when you first started out this segment. But mm-hmm. as you progress through your discussion, I've I'm 90% in agreement with what you're saying. As okay. far as this gentleman taking the opportunity to rise above, to say, I'm going to support this president. There are channels and processes that I can go through, and I can try to work with my constituents to show that I don't agree with some of his policies or the way he's uh, headed in the, going to head the country. But I, as far as the question goes to the legitimacy of the, of the election itself, I think that... Uh, can't ignore the fact that all the people in the know are saying that Russia did have a hand in it, that they did, in fact, influence the outcome of the election in, in whatever way you want to admit to by the leaking of the emails and stuff like that. Now, granted, the emails were terrible. There were things in there. Yeah, they, they, they really exposed the, the truth. And yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we can say that it didn't sway at least some of the electoral process by that information being released i'll hang up and let you go i'm on the way to work but i appreciate your show and enjoy listening absolutely roger roger thanks very much for the call now i i you know in, in my opinion the, the the hacking okay maybe did it did it have an influence and people looked at and say man here's a here's a really disorderly and screwed up democratic party absolutely but again it wasn't i mean true true um I guess affecting an election would be if the Russians hacked into voting machines or if they had somehow gotten a hold of ballots and, and made out phony ballots, uh, that would be more uh, actively helping one party or one person versus another in the election. All they really did was expose a lot of the truth that was going on. You had a Democratic Party that systematically went about destroying, destroying Bernie Sanders and everything he stood for. OK, and how all the Bernie people can can even look and think about voting for, for or having voted for Hillary Clinton. I, I have no idea. And how Bernie Sanders 
can can sit there and still stick up for this party after they threw him under the bus. I, I have no idea how that takes place, how he can justify that. But nevertheless, okay, so maybe they exposed some things and it was influential and I, I don't I still don't think it was the reason he got elected. I, I, I look at the 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 overwhelming support he had. You look at the rallies, you look at the number of people that were there. I I mean ten 10, 20, 30,000 people at rallies. Hillary Clinton was getting none. She'd have to bring out Jay-Z and LeBron James to get a few people in the crowd. And after they got done performing, they all left. So, oh, but what? But, but the, the point of all this is, he, he's Donald Trump is going to be president. And, and the fact is, half the country voted for this guy. Okay? They voted for this guy, and he is going to become president. Now, with all that said, even if you agree that they somehow swayed the election, which I don't, but if you if even if you think that he's going to be president, wouldn't it be much more helpful for the country? And this is what it should be all about. And I know partisan it's so it's so rotten. That's why people hate politics. That's ultimately why Donald Trump got elected because people are at least they love him. He's foul. And he's dirty, and he says stupid things and all this. But at least it's not like so underhanded and so partisan and part and party over country. And I think John Lewis had an incredible opportunity right now to set himself above. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of his constituents, a lot of people in the black caucus would have railroaded him and it would have taken a tremendously strong person. Someone with the strength that I would have to imagine John Lewis has having taken a beating at the hands of police in defense of what he believed in. I mean, the guy had to have some pretty good fortitude in his life to, to withstand that and still, you know, go on and, and, and go about his message. So he's not a normal guy. He's not like just some average guy. He's an exceptional guy, okay? But but why why would he not take this opportunity? Instead, he fell to the exact same thing. That well, the reason why everyone hates politicians is that they go to party first, and it's all about a fundraiser. And how can we raise more money here? Damn it! How about help the country out? And maybe that wouldn't be popular now, but I'm telling you, people down the road, history would more recognize you for having. Having done the maybe at the time unpopular thing, but but I would say the the more of the right thing for the country. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Wisconsin and talk to Tom. Tom, you're on the big one. Fire away quickly, please. Yes, I just want to say that your idea is brilliant. I am very into politics. So many of my friends are. Everybody is so polarized right now. What an opportunity for somebody like Lewis to break through that by just making a gesture like this. It could be historic. It would be absolutely historic. And in newspapers, and it wouldn't happen the next day. It wouldn't happen the next week. It may even happen that year. But I feel like people look back and say, wow, do you remember all that guy when everyone was pissing and moaning, whites versus blacks and this and that? Here was a, a, a black guy who put himself above President Trump and became, and became even more presidential than this guy named Donald Trump and reached out the olive branch and said, you know what, let's try to mend things up a little bit. I, I I don't, but he fell for it, man. I'm, I'm disappointed. I guess I'm disappointed, Tom. Well, and and Trump has reached out already. He's made those overtures to yeah. reach out, yeah. but nobody will take him seriously. He needs somebody like Lewis from the other side to reach back and say, okay. Let's do something here. That, that, that's exactly the point, Tom. Is it, and thank Tom. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate you listening. It, it takes two to tango in this world. And I, and I think I said the day after Trump got elected, his number one priority, it isn't Obamacare. It isn't the wall. It isn't all, all that stuff is going to happen. But his number one priority has got to be fixing race relations in this country. But 
It takes two to tango. Now, is Trump perfect? Is he going about it? Hour number not. three, the Rocky Morning Show starts no right now. 700 WLW. And, and I, I wish there would be a guy like that. Lewis always have some good discussions. And, and, and say, you know what, man? I, um, you're going about things right now, we're the wrong way here. But let me tell you, man. Uh, let's, let's, John help, Lewis. let's help no, it out. But no, we got to make the Democrat Party about just the blacks and not make sure. Civil rights It's selling a false narrative. It's not helping men in the country. It's just helping keep this thing going on for the purpose of fundraising and for the purpose of votes and for the purpose of people getting elected. It has nothing to do with helping the country. Vote. And, and, and boy, couldn't John by, Lewis um, really George set Wallace's himself above to, some of the other know, stand down icons that are out there that literally come and gone and his skull and cracked really ever in the name of civil rights. Now, now, let's do this. We'll take a break and come back with more That's pretty profound, WLW. right? That, that's putting your money where your mouth is. But, but uh, since then, okay, that was 50 years ago. Since then, and especially here uh, yesterday, he's made some comments um, that – are not in the spirit of of healing the country. They're they're quite the opposite. Here, here's him. Here's John Lewis uh, on Sunday talking about uh, not recognizing Trump as a future president. You plan on trying to forge a relationship with Donald Trump? You know, I believe in forgiveness. I believe in trying to work with people. Um, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, I don't see this president elect as a legitimate president. Okay, so he he doesn't see Trump as a legitimate president, and uh, he is now going to boycott the inauguration on Friday. And now, I just got word, the uh, number is now up to, I believe, 40. 40 other so-called lawmakers uh, in our country are going to boycott the inauguration. They're not going to show up, and reaction to their constituency, yada, yada, yada. It's all bullcrap. John Lewis is dead 100% wrong on this you can disagree with donald trump you can disagree with his policies but the inauguration is supposed to be beyond partisanship supposed to be about peaceful transition supposed to be about one president handing over the torch to the other one even if you don't like them um i can't recall any congressman or congresswomen protesting the uh inauguration of barack obama didn't happen now i know for a fact there were a lot of politicians and there were a lot of people that weren't necessarily in love with the idea of Barack Obama becoming president. But I, I'd, I'd like to think, though, that all of us as Americans on that day said, you know what, this is a pretty cool thing. Let's watch history take place. And this is how it's supposed to happen in our country. One president hands things over to another. And, and we get a little bit of at least a little bit of excitement of what could the next four years hold. Now, John Lewis is, is choosing not to do that. I have a couple issues with what he's doing. First of all, I get that he's a civil rights icon. I get that he did great things for the advancement of, of, of blacks in America. It, it was wonderful. I, a very heroic and courageous thing he did. But is he beyond criticism? Is he beyond reproach? Is he somehow above everybody? And he doesn't deserve any criticism when what he said is wrong. And, and it is. It's wrong. Okay? It, this is this, There's nothing... Uh, peaceful about what he's trying to do here with sitting out this inauguration and saying that Trump isn't legitimate. That's number one. Number two is I think he missed out on an incredible opportunity. Why is it? And we're here. It's Martin Luther King Day, right? Why is it that Martin Luther King is held above of all the other? There's there's, there's a plenty, countless other civil rights icons, civil rights um, figures in our nation's history. That um, that have, have somehow been, been a part of that, right? Why does MLK stand above the rest? Well, 
because he was transcendent in that he, he, he went above the politics, right? He above, went above the politics. He wasn't partisan in what he was trying to do. But he also, he, it was also about, about, about healing. Why, why, do, why does history not regard you know, Malcolm X and the Black Panthers in the same regard as they do MLK? Well, because Malcolm X and the, and the Black Panthers, from according to the histories that I've read, were all about destruction and disruption, right? There was no real like message. Hey, here's how we got to heal, and let's, you know, let's, you know, let's, how do we kind of figure this thing out? And it takes it takes a couple people here to, it takes a little bit of work on the other side to help move this ball forward and make the country better. No, it was all about burn, baby, burn, and 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 how do we cause as much disruption? And, and I feel that's what John Lewis is doing, and he had an incredible opportunity with his background and what he's seen, what he's done, and what he stands for, and he come out on Sunday and said, you know what, Chuck Todd, man, I, I'm really nervous, as I'm sure a lot of black people are, about Donald Trump being president. And there's some things uh, that I, I question about what he said, but I'm telling you right now, Chuck, I'm going to be at that inauguration. And, and I'm going to be at the inauguration because I think it's important to, to mend this divided country right now. This country is so divided along the lines of race that, it's got to be healed, and this is for the betterment of all of us. And and I know it's not going to be popular, and I know I'm going to take a lot of heat from my core base, but it's got to be done. And I'm at least going to try, Chuck. I'm at least going to try to reach out and see if, if 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 I can help this sort of thing out. And I'm telling you, it would. At, at right at the very beginning, his constituency would be outraged. How dare you turn and, and you want to help this guy named Trump? What are you talking about? But I feel like down the line. I think people would look back and said, man, here's a guy that, that's not doing the popular thing, not doing the partisan thing. He's, he's trying to put himself above that. And maybe he would be exalted to that next level as, as, a, as an icon. It wasn't just about disruption, but it was instead also about healing. But he missed that opportunity. And by the way, he did the same. It, it's, it's, it's a total grandstanding job by this John Lewis guy. You want to you respect what he did 50 years ago, and I do. But he did the same thing, I uh, just read, um, to uh, George W. Bush's inauguration in 2000. Sat out, he's illegitimate, and, and the whole deal. Is, is that what we want out of, our, out of our leaders? I know that everyone says Donald Trump should be more presidential, and he should be above uh, some of the catty stuff, and he shouldn't be tweeting. I, I agree with you on a lot of that ground. But, but it, especially something like race, it takes two to tango in this deal. It takes, it takes another willing party to want to meet you halfway to actually get this thing done. Or we can just kind of do what has gotten us in this situation and what we've been doing the last eight years where everyone's all divided. It's all a bunch of finger pointing. No one really wants to help, you know, kind of give in a little bit and kind of reach out and how do we figure this thing out. No one wants to do that. So if no one wants to meet Trump at all, we're going to get another eight years of this. And you know what? John Lewis, he'll get elected again and again and again. He'll keep playing off with his, 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 his um, you know, iconic status. And the guy hasn't done anything to help race relations in the past decade or two decades or however the hell long it's been. Is, 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 that, is, that, is that not ridiculous? 513-749-7000, pound 700 AT&T, 1-800-the-big one. Let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to Winchester and talk to Shirley. Shirley, you're on the big one. Fire away, please. Well, I'm... Agreeing with the previous caller, <clears throat> you're right on the button. Number one, he may have been an icon, but you know, 
the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and he is digging himself a hole. As far as Trump, I voted for him. I'm like a lot of other people. I belong to an organization. I get to go all over different states to conventions, and honey, everybody was for Trump because they're tired of the Democratic play. Right. It's give, give, give. And all these people that's crying are the ones that have been on public assistance generation after generation. Then as far as Sanders going towards Hillary, he's a socialist, a communist. Yep. So he stuff to her. What does that say? And I'm very tired of hearing the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. We have top-notch people in electronics, in cyberspace. Why couldn't they catch this? And where is Homeland Security? Well, they, 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 well surely we have the capable people. We just, we just lack the leadership to actually want to get something done. The Dem- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Democrats who were in power knew that the Russians and probably China and everyone else was hacking our elections, but but they, they didn't say a damn thing about it until it affected their election. Right. Obama knew this in the same way he knew he was actively participating in Israel's election when he sent money over to help uh, Netanyahu's rival this and that. Right. So this kind of stuff goes on. But the only reason they were mad about it, Shirley, is because their girl, poor little Miss Hillary Clinton, the pantsuit woman herself, didn't get elected. Now, all of a sudden, cybersecurity is the biggest deal in the world when it should have been a big deal a long time ago, regardless of your party, regardless of that. Yeah. Well. They're, they're just showing their true colors. I, they're I, not leaders. They're a bunch of wimps, crybabies. <laughs> there you go, Shirley. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you very thank much you for Thank you for listening. taking my call. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, that's kind of what they're showing themselves to be, is it, crybabies. Get, get over it. It's the same thing, same reason everyone's so disgusted with, with the liberal you know, Hollywood here. Just crying, 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 crying. Oh, my God, I can't believe Trump's going to be president. How are we going to survive? I don't know, man. How about you just you know, kind of get over it and, and, and move forward here? In a way, though, and I've said this before in weeks past, if, if you're a, someone who is against the liberal left, go ahead. Say, yeah, go ahead. Keep complaining. Keep it pissing and moaning because all the time you're doing that is time wasted you could be spending on – Getting your party right and finding good young leadership, new ideas that are going to actually bring people kind of you know more together. Maybe get a little less way wacko left and kind of get in the middle where more people in this country are. But instead of doing that, instead of 
looking to breathe some new blood in their party. And you know what? Let's you know we lost that battle, fellas. Let's let's circle the wagons here and figure out how we can get better moving forward. No, we're just going to keep complaining. And Trump's illegitimate, and the Russians hacked it, and it's Putin's fault, and, and all this and that. I mean, uh, in one respect, I say if, if it wasn't so disgusting to have to listen to every day. I'd say go ahead and go go for it, man. Keep keep, keep doing all that stuff because all the while you're doing that, you're not making your party any stronger. Let's go back to the phone. Let's go to, all the way to Louisiana and talk to Mac. Mac, you're on the big one. Fire away, please. Good morning, Rock. How are you doing today? Good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm enjoying the heat. I'm sorry that I'm 50 degrees warmer than you oh, guys are. God, I'm jealous, I wish you guys the best. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hey, I hope you'll bear with me a minute. I got a, I got a point to make and a couple of questions for you that okay. I, uh, when I'm done, I'll hang up and let you answer the questions for okay. me. Um, number one, I don't really truly have a political party that I affiliate with. I'm, I'm one of those people that if you got an idea that I support, I don't care what party you are. That's one of the biggest reasons that I support Trump being elected. He was a Democrat for what? 30 years. Yeah. And then he turned into a Republican yeah. and he won. Yeah. So that shows crossing the party lines is actually a doable thing. Absolutely. And, uh, my two questions for you are um, the first one being, uh, can you dig up or have uh, your executive producer back there? The, the man behind the scenes, because I know mm-hmm. you guys as DJs don't yep. do a lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, we don't do much. Brad, yeah. Brad will treat you right. No, I know you guys. You guys do a bunch. But um, is it is it not true that if you took away the landslide loss that Trump got in California, that he actually won the popular vote in the other twenty nine states? Yes, if you took out just really the three major cities: San Francisco, San Diego, and um, uh, L A. If you took those, the, just the counties of those votes, then Trump would would have won in an absolute landslide. A- absolutely, oh, that is true. Oh, okay. Then, I, then I misunderstood the report. I, I, the reports I read, I thought it was the state of California. I didn't realize it was the three biggest counties. Yeah, I, so. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive about that. But, but I know most of. The, I mean, if you look at the state of California, Mac, uh, it, it's actually a lot of it is a red state, except for it's very, very blue in a big part of the state, which is those three cities so you take those yeah. three cities out and the millions and millions of people it, it, it i mean well then if you also take out the illegals in my opinion trump would have won well, either way right right and my, my my other question for you is um can you possibly justify or explain why the people that support the people that are boycotting the inauguration inauguration, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. why those particular congressmen or senators, whichever it is, I don't know what they all are, but uh, why they should keep their job. Because if you ask me, as just a humble truck driver, I don't know nothing from nobody other than how to get a truck down the road and mm-hmm. get you your product in time. Mm-hmm. How could they possibly get reelected or keep their job when they're outright stating to the world that they do not believe in the system that employs them. And with that, Rock, I'll get off the phone and let you answer my question. Thanks for your time, brother. Very good, Mac. Thanks very much for listening. The answer to that question is these, and if you go back and look at this, and I may try to dig up more on this tomorrow, but if you look at the, because I looked at a couple of these particular congressmen who are not going to attend the election, 
if you look at their district and where they are, and, and, and over half of them are in California, which again is, is very you know from you know a, a lot of uh, liberalism in, in that uh, in, in that particular state there, especially in those three counties uh, in in those big, big cities. Though a lot of the people that are boycotting the election, they're, they're in very safe districts. Okay, they're not they're they're in safe districts, and they're also in districts that are very super liberal. They would have to be, or else they they wouldn't have got damn elected in the first place. So they have nothing to lose. The only thing they would have to lose is if they, in their opinion, went to the inauguration. They'd have to hear about it time after time again from these so-called citizens that are in their little gerrymandered kind of little district there. So they're the one. Now, on one hand, I get it. I mean, if you're a representative of a certain district, you should have that district's well-being at the forefront. But my God, not at the at the better at, at the stake of the entire country, not at the stake of of actual doing what's right. And I mean, at some point, what's right and what's wrong. I mean, a politician, yes, you got to you know uh, um, appeal to your constituency. But at some point, damn it, things are right and things are wrong. And, and what a country is this? If we have a situation where elected officials are not attending an inauguration. This is this is not. There's nothing political about it. If you don't like his, don't listen to his first State of the Union address. You know, boycott that. Boycott his his speech on this or that. But but the actual inauguration, I think, I would just feel from a country healing standpoint, I think would be would be very cool if everyone got together and said, you know what, I'm I'm going to fight this guy tooth and nail. I'm going to fight him all the way because I don't agree with his direction, the way he's going to do things. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to honor that position. I'm just going to I'm going to do that because it's kind of my duty and what what should be done. What the right thing to do is. Then after that, then we'll go to battle. Then we'll be the you know the opposition that's going to be loyal to country first. But we'll oppose this guy and we'll if he does something we don't like, we'll go after him. But that's not happening because why? They're worried, they're worried about their own rear ends, which is why Donald Trump got elected in the first place. Because people were sick of politicians that were only cared about getting getting re-elected and about you know this you know this fundraising group and this certain little sect here and how they're going to vote and how they're going to donate money. They only politicians only paid attention to that and they missed the greater good that was involved. That's why Trump got elected. And these politicians are doing exact same thing. Right? Very liberal districts, so they got to appeal to that constituency and put country behind all that. We'll take a break. Back with more seven hundred WLW. I gotta admit, I didn't know who DB Cooper was until after Jack just talked about it in the news. Now I'd heard the name before. Anyone who's I'm here to help a fan of Kid Rock. Now, Jack, you would know this. Kid Rock has that lyric in his famous song, "The the grits when there ain't enough eggs to cook, and with DB Cooper and the money he took, there you go. Look for answers, and that ain't fun. Get in the pit and try to love someone, right? Yeah, there you go. That's gonna be a cut tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that report, Jack. I have to look uh, look more into DB Cooper. Thank you very much. So there we go. I just wrapped on on air. Five one three seven four nine seven thousand pound seven hundred eight one eight hundred the big one. Uh, we were talking about um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, we're talking about John Lewis um, and his uh, you know skipping of the inauguration. It's now up to over thirty representatives have decided to have decided to skip the inauguration. And my point is, first of all, just because you're a civil rights icon, just because you did great things in your life, which he did, that doesn't mean he's beyond reproach on this. I, I think he's, he's he was flat wrong in doing this. This is not 
in the nature of what a supposed civil rights icon is supposed to be for, which is for healing and for advancing of people and for all, all that sort of stuff. He's not doing for that. And I think he missed out on a tremendous opportunity to put himself above the other um, JV level civil rights icons out there. Okay. They only wanted to, you know, burn and, and torch and disrupt things and wanted to, you know, instead be someone who wanted to, you know, bring attention to things, but also heal. He missed out on that opportunity. Let's go take a call on this. Let's go to Westwood and talk to Tim. Tim, you're on the big one. Fire away, please. Hey, Rock. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, um, what's aggravating about this whole situation is we are celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Yes. And he was the one that wanted to take this dividing source and make it into one, you know, all of us be one, love one another and all this stuff. And to me, all these people that are like John Lewis and are going to sit there and boycott this are nothing but hypocrites. 100% because, you know, they're speaking out against, you know, think about this. Think about had some, even one single politician decided not to attend the inauguration of Barack Obama for whatever reason. You, you, that 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 person would have been chastised, and they never would have non, won another election again because the media would have never let up on them, and they would have said the exact same things you and I are saying right now, which is, look, for, forget about partisanship, forget about this and that, forget about the politics of it. This is about the peaceful transition of one president to another, and this is an American event, and you should be there because, damn it, that's part of your duty as an elected official in this country. You know that would have happened, Tim, if they had, had this happened with Barack Obama. But because it's Donald Trump and the media hates him, no one is going to hold his feet to the fire and say, you know what, John, we love what you did for this country, but you are wrong here. They're not doing it, Tim. Yeah, did you, uh, did you see um, where Dr. Martin Luther King's son went and uh, yeah. had a meeting with yeah, him? What did he say? Yeah, he says something to the effect of, look, well, he mentioned Trump's tweets, which, of course, are dumb, but that, that's kind of what Twitter is. It's a very emotional thing, and I think you know, he, he shouldn't have done it. But either way, Trump or uh, Martin Luther King's um, son said, look, we, we all kind of say things in the heat of the moment sometimes that he didn't mean, right? And, but, right. but look, either way, this is not about, this is about healing the country. And John Lewis could have, could have put himself above Trump and said, wow, here, look at this guy. Look what he's doing. He's going to come out there and bring the olive branch and try to bring people together. But he decided not to do that. He instead decided the next day to use it as a fundraising opportunity, sent out letters to all his constituents. Did you hear what Trump said? And I'm sure something along the lines after that was like, you know, I'm having a fundraiser on such and such date and it's $250 a plate. Be there. That's what he used it for. Instead of instead of doing something that people would have remembered for years and years and years, history would have remembered. He used it as, as another one of a billion fundraisers that these idiots have. I, I don't get it. I don't get no. it. Yeah. And my thing is, here's the here's the here's the thing of the day. What happens when Trump makes America great again? Are these people going to swallow their words? Never. No, exactly. They won't. They're gonna. They're, they're always gonna come up with something bad about him because they don't. Because Tim, they don't want to get it right. They want to be right, and they want to. They'll find some. It's just the same thing when when Trump, you know, helped bring seven hundred jobs you know, back from from Carrier and Sprint and all these other companies and Ford. They don't want to give him credit, and they'll find some little loophole and give credit to someone else instead of saying, okay, maybe Trump. It's not Trump singularly him. The fact that brought these jobs back, but he, you know, his flavor and what. 
his, uh, um, you know, what his agenda is going to be and kind of how he plans on running things was at least at somewhat significantly responsible for bringing jobs back. No, it had nothing to do with Trump. It was everyone else who did it, not Trump. It's those same people are going to be the same ones no matter what. He, if he finds a damn cure for cancer, Tim, they'll, they'll say it wasn't him. That's exactly what right. happened. And what kind of country is that? What kind of country is it that we have, uh, you know, people and, and and people are taking the lead from the politicians? How can the politicians say they're better than the than the constituents and they're they're acting in a more, uh, you know, dignified manner when they're the ones that are the same ones advocating for this kind of garbage? Mm-hmm. Well, they ought to watch what they're saying and doing because they keep this up. The other nations are going to see our weakness, and it's going to be, you know. It, it, it's not going to look good. No, the, the weakness and, is, is that we're play, uh, yeah. The weakness is we're going to be a divided country. And, and then they're going to they're going to still sit there and blame Trump when it's these people that are boycotting this that are that are you know the ones that are making our nation not great again. You're absolutely right, Tim. We got to run, but thanks very much for the call. It, it, uh, the, the problem is people are, are very short sighted and they they can't see the forest through the trees. They can't say, you know what, maybe. I, 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 I risk, you know, people patting me on the back and maybe I, I, I risk a little bit of people going along with what I'm saying. But but the ultimate reward could be I, I could have a significant impact on this country. I mean, just, we're all going to die, right? Don't, don't we want – it's all about like, you know, getting elected into office and, and all about, you know, attending dinners and getting your, your pension and getting your, your money you get paid as a congressman. Is, is that, I mean, come on. Excuse me for thinking a little bit greater than that and saying, wouldn't you love to go? I mean, there's a billion people that have gone down and down in history, John Lewis, for, you know, that have, you know, have got elected to office and have, you know, sat at great fancy dinners and made a great life for themselves and for their kids and their kids, kids, kids financially. But there's not a lot of people that are going to say they did actual, throughout their life, did actual good things to help a, a country that was starved in 2016 for racial harmony. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I, would, I would hope someone, some politician out there would say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to risk this. You know, I'm going to risk this for the ultimate reward that maybe I will have an actual humongous impact. And history will look back upon me as someone who said, you know what, I, I, I did the unpopular thing, but it was the right thing. You would think that would happen. You would hope that would happen. But you would probably be wrong. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Independence and talk to Dave. Dave, you're on the big one. Fire away, please. Yeah, Rock, ha- love your show. Thank you. Uh, honestly, I believe this is Putin's agenda was to destroy this country internally, and that is what is happening. I, I mean, on, on one, happen- one hand, Tim, or uh, Dave, I, I, you may be right. I mean, if he, if he was that smart and Russia was that smart to know that that this would, and they had the foresight to know that Donald Trump would win, but by, you know, maybe speaking out against Hillary, the whole nation would turn in on itself and have a bunch of chaos. I mean, it's it's a conspiracy theory, but I'm not saying you're wrong, Dave. I think there's, in a way, there, there's a lot right to that. Well, I feel that way because, uh, number one, all Russia hates black people. They don't like gay people. And we brought democracy to their country. They hate that. Yeah. So they're going to try and take us down. Right, which is a reason why you don't, no matter what party you're on, you don't want Russia meddling in our in our elections. You don't. But the, the problem, though, Dave, is that the, the Democrats and the people that were in power, 
knew for a long time that Russia was meddling in our elections, and so was China, and so were other countries. They're meddling in all kinds of things. But they never said anything. It never mattered. No one ever spoke up until it happened to affect uh, the pantsuit woman. And then everyone got open arms about it. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Well, that's the way. Dave, thanks for the call. we got to run. Um, let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to switch gears a second. And um, I, I started the show talking about, and this is 180 degrees uh, from Trump and John Lewis and all that, but I think that's why you listen to the show because I'll kind of jump to different places whenever. I, I want to revisit the, the Mike Tomlin comments uh, that he made after the game that were recorded by Antonio Brown on Facebook Live, and everyone's lashing out. At Mike Tomlin saying, here's another classless act by Mike Tomlin and the classless, classless Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to tell you why those people who think that are wrong. Next, 700 WLW. Steve Summers is in the house. I just saw him uh, walk by uh, down the hall, and he will be uh, joining you here in about, uh, I don't know, 14 minutes or so. Um, I just got a few seconds left here, a few minutes left. Um, I want to revisit something quickly. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time, but... A lot of the conversation today coming off, I mean, what was a great weekend of NFL action. Some great matchups, some great plays, some just some, you know, awesome football, if you love that. What a lot of people are talking about today was the fact that Antonio Brown, okay, receiver extraordinaire for the Pittsburgh Steelers, after the game, that the dummy decides to Facebook Live himself. And what is overheard is Mike Tomlin's speech to his team. Okay, which was supposed to be a closed door. This is just an intimate deal. This is me and the team. We're talking about what we got to do to to New England. Here's the soundbite of that. Brad, go ahead, please. When you get get to this point in the journey, man, not a lot needs to be said. No. Uh, Let's say very little moving forward. Let's let's, let's start off preparation. We just trying to get close a day and a half. They played yesterday. I gave them tonight. We're going to touch down at 4 o'clock in the so so you get the picture the, the audio is hard to read but or hear but essentially he came out and you know called the New England Patriots a bunch of a holes, and we'll be ready for those efforts um, when the time comes, and we've only we'll have they have a day and a half of preparation on us, but so be it. Blah 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 blah. So he kind of you know gave a, a rousing speech to his team, right, with the understanding that no one is else supposed to hear this. No media was allowed in there. No TV cameras. No nothing. Well, Antonio Brown record now. Everyone's losing their mind. Hey, uh, Mike Tomlin, there again. He's classless. He's this and that. Here's my main point I made tonight. You, you know, in in today's world, especially through technology, and, and but but uh, bred in the desire that a lot of people have inside of us, and that is what we all want inside access, right? Especially when it comes to our pro teams, to our sports teams, we want. We want the curtain pulled back. We want to hear what it's actually like. And what is training camp actually like? Well, they gave us that. They gave us an NFL hard knocks. What is the combine actually like? You know, for the longest time, people heard about the combine. And, oh, it was like the world's greatest job interview. And they treated the players like cattle. And they measured everything and asked all these questions. And people wondered about that. And there was a mystique involved. Well, now the, the damn combine is 
is is put on TV. And people wanted to hear what the coaches were saying before games. So what does ESPN do? They put the cameras inside the locker room as the coaches give them pregame speech and, and, and all that. And, and so it's wonderful. Everyone wants the inside access. But when people hear what is actually said, like the reality of what, in this case, a Mike Tomlin said, now all of a sudden they don't want to hear it. How dare he say that? And he, he uses those kind of words and uses that line, kind of language to describe another team and another team's coaches and another team's players. Uh, come on. And, and the other point I, I made was I, I think a lot of this has to do with us, you know, all of us here in the sound as Bengals fans. You know, we, we hate the Steelers because there's a part of us that actually want to be them and want to be that tough, gritty team that doesn't ever get out physical and, and is always ready to play and may not win every time, but, but they're never going to, never going to get punched in the mouth, right? That's a fair assessment by the Steelers, right? So I, I think Bengals fans, especially here in town, were very outraged and a lot of commentators, a lot of people were outraged by those comments. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's Mike Tomlin Steelers at it again. They're all a bunch of cheap shot R's. And now they want, did he say anything about, you know, taking out the other team, did he, you know, taking out their knees or playing dirty? No, he said, we're going to go get them. And I think as a player, if you were in that locker room, you would want to hear from your leader, from your coach, something that was going to fire you up a little bit. And I don't care if you, if you coach, you know, third or third graders, you want to get them people to, you know, push some buttons here and get them fired up. And but but now since we see the curtain pulled back, we don't like it. And I don't know. I, I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, my time has come and gone. I'll be back tomorrow. We got another full three hour show. I wanted to talk about the Ringling Brothers Circus tonight, uh, but instead I will save that tomorrow. We got a bunch of uh, good inauguration stuff. We got people live on the scene. I got a buddy who's down there live on the scene. He'll take us there, uh, and we'll do that throughout the course of the week. But right now, it's time for America's Trucking Network with Steve Summers, folks. Have a good night. Seven hundred WLW. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.